Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. The Epistle to the Romans, chapter 12. Starting at verse 1, you will find these words. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Today, saints of God, I just want to talk to you from the thought in service in service. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. Amen. In service. Uh, A letter or epistle to the Romans, amen, is a letter of love, amen, from the apostle Paul to the church at Rome. The church at Rome, by this time, Paul had not met them. He had not seen them in person. But it is clear that he loves them none the less. Now this lets us know, amen, we can love folk that we've never seen before. Amen. We can love them with a godly and sacrificial love even though we've never laid our eyes on them or never talked to them. Because God has given each and every one of us the capacity to love from that perspective. Amen. We say we love Jesus and we've never seen him either. Amen. So why not be able to love somebody 20,000 miles away, amen, who you've never seen, amen, if we can love Jesus whom we have never seen. Amen. And so, uh, the epistle to the Romans, amen, might be um, categorized as Paul's magnum opus of letters, amen. In in this epistle, he breaks down the theology of God, amen, and our response to it. Chapters 1 through 11 talks about what God has done. Chapter 12 starts at what our response is should be to all that he has done. Chapter 1 starts out with Paul saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to whoever believes, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. Paul continues in his argument, amen, as it relates to God, that he says God is no respecter of persons. In the second chapter, verse 11, he says there is no partiality with God. God is not uh, having favorites, amen. God has a universal standard 
at which he is requiring us to meet. Amen. And that is faith in his son, Jesus Christ. There is no other way to please God. There's no socioeconomic level. There's no biological descendancy. There's no intellectual ascent. There is no capacity of IQ. Nothing can please God. No ethnicity, no race, no creed, no color. But only if you believe, put your faith, trust, and dependence in Jesus Christ can you please God. Hebrews chapter 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So by chapter 3, Paul then uh, argues uh, the point that nobody's getting into heaven because they've been so good. Because there is none righteous, no, not one. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he continues on and he begins to talk about how Abraham believed by faith. He did not first go through circumcision and then believe, but he believed first. Uh, Chapter 4 talks about how that it was accounted unto him righteous. By chapter 5, we are now in a place where we start to see that, that we're justified by faith. Uh, And and, and that is through the faith that we have in his son, Jesus Christ, do we get the love of God. Before that, we were enemies with God. We were set out to be objects of condemnation instead of objects of blessing. By the end of chapter 5, we find that God has sent us the Holy Spirit, amen, to empower us and to put to death the deeds of the flesh. But for some reason, amen, Paul had to go back and say, you got some bad thinking in chapter 6. Because he had to tell them, he said, wait a minute, hold on. Y'all are saying if we continue in sin, uh, will grace abound all the more? He said, may it never be. God has not given you grace so that you can sin more. But he's given you grace so you can sin less. But then Paul comes with a comforting word, amen, for those who are struggling and saying, but I still have issues in my life. Every day is not a day when I feel like I'm in the will of God. Chapter 7, he said, but there is a war going on on the inside. There is a war of the spirit against the flesh. There is a war of a law of sin and a law of God. And he said, I have not the power to overcome it. He said, because of that, sometimes I do what I don't want to do. And then I don't do what I wish to do. He says they war against one another. But he says in that same chapter, I thank God, though. That with my mind, I serve the law of God. And with my flesh, I serve the law of sin and death. He said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And he equates it and he lets us know that it is going to be God. Amen. So by chapter 8, he's, he's praising God. Amen. He says there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Chapter 8 says also, no matter what we go through, it's working for our good. All things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And he says, now don't get... It twisted, Gentiles. Don't let Jews talk to you like you're not as important as they are. Amen. Because chapter 9 says all Israel is not Israel. 
Some of them that have a biological descendancy, amen, are not connected to God. They're on their way to hell instead of being on their way to heaven. By chapter 10, he lets us know the formula for, uh, if you will, uh, receiving salvation. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's in that 10th chapter we find out that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But then they ask, how will they hear if they have not a preacher? How will he preach if he has not been sent? Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who are shod in preparation of the gospel. But then in chapter 11, before the Gentiles get too haughty, Paul says, but he's not done with the Jews. Amen. Don't look down your nose at them either because if it wasn't for the Jews being taken out of the great tree, you would have no place to be grafted in. But he says in there, he says now, but you shall be grafted in and when the fullness of the Gentiles is complete, that he's going back and getting the Jews and bringing them into the tree once again. And he reminds us is that salvation is not of Jews. Salvation is not of Gentiles. Salvation is not of the aristocracy. Salvation is not of the paupercy. But salvation is of the Lord. So it is the Lord who saves. Whether Jew or Gentile. Whether barbarian or Scythian. Whether slave or free. It is the Lord who saves. Now, after all of this that the Lord has done from chapters 1 through 11, now Paul then begins to uh, contend with the people to respond to the goodness of the Lord. Chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beg you, therefore, that's what Beseech said, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. It is the mercy of God that prevents us from getting what we ought to get. By the mercies of God, we are not on the slippery slope into a lake of lava and brimstone. Amen. Of sulfur and fire. Amen. But it's by the mercy that judgment has not been put on us. So he says, I beg you by this mercy, since you're here now, because he has not condemned you, he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. We see in the Old Testament that it talks about sacrifices, but all of those sacrifices are dead. All of those sacrifices, throat gets cut, and then their blood gets sprinkled on the altar. But the New Testament, amen, look at the sacrifices. Now, instead of being a dead sacrifice, we all should be living sacrifices. We should be living our lives sacrificially for the Lord. That means sometimes when we have something on our agenda that we want to do, that we ought to be willing to set it aside for the agenda of the Lord. There are times when we have a plan for something that we're going to enjoy, but the Lord might send somebody by who needs to hear a word, and it might totally derail what you had planned. 
It may cost you some ticket money. It may cost you some uh, uh, fees for being late or whatever. But you ought to be able to live sacrificially. That's what the Lord is saying. That we are now living sacrifices. That we ought to be willing to sacrifice our agenda for the agenda of the Lord. But Paul contends in this text that being able to sacrifice livingly as a living sacrifice comes with some other requirements. First of all, you got to be holy. Holy means to be set apart. You can't be like the world, amen, and doing what the world do and then at the same time live sacrificially for God. It doesn't work that way. Amen. You must come out from among them and you must be a peculiar people. Set apart, living along the lines of a different mandate, a different policy, a different set of procedures and processes. Amen. That the world does not live by, which is called the word of God. The world is 180 degrees opposite of the kingdom of God. So therefore, in order to be holy, amen, there are some things we ought to be doing going one way when the world is going another. The world says, pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. The church says, no, I can do nothing without the Lord. The world says, uh-uh, you got to take care of yourself and you got to do it by any means necessary. If you need to step on somebody in order to get you and yours, then you go ahead. But the word of God says, no, sacrifice. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Amen. amen. Be a servant. Amen. To be one who, who long suffers and looks for the, the best in somebody else instead of trying to get the best for themselves. It is a 180 degrees opposite way of thinking and acting. And it says acceptable to God. There is no other way to live as a Christian and be acceptable unto God, except we live holy. We don't hear much about holiness or righteousness anymore, but it is essential to the everyday life of a believer if they expect to be pleasing unto God. We, we can't do anything and everything and say God knows our heart and then uh, um, treat God's grace as a license to sin. That was the issue in chapter 6. Amen. No, we must realize that God has given us the Holy Spirit that we can live better than what we used to. That we can make better decisions. Amen. Because it's the Holy Spirit in us that empowers us to live out the word of God. Are y'all following me today? Amen. And so we look at the text and we see uh, which is your reasonable service. Some of your Bibles will read, it'll say, which is your spiritual service. But I'm glad the New King James Version said reasonable because it helps us to realize that what God has required of us is reasonable. God is not putting on us more than we can bear. And it is a spiritual service because the Holy Spirit within inside of us empowers our spirit to then drive the extremities of our body to do what the Lord has called us to do. But it's reasonable because it's not arduous when you got the power of the Holy Spirit, which is God on the inside, coming alongside to help us in our times of need. 
But sometimes what happens is we desire because of our flesh to do what we want to do anyway and we're not asking the Holy Ghost to come along and help us to do right because we're so focused on doing wrong. But here in the text, we find that that's not living sacrificially. That's not the representation or the ambassador position that God has us in this world. We are ambassadors of heaven unto the world. Amen. And we have to walk according to the mandates that God has set before us. And it's reasonable. We can do it because the Lord is in us. The power of the Godhead is in us through the power of the Holy Ghost. We can do more than most of us think. But we have to learn to tap into the tools that God has given us to use. We must realize that God has never left us. He's always with us. And he's with us in the presence and the person of the Holy Ghost, full of wisdom. When it's time to make a decision and we don't know which way to go, we can call upon the Lord and the Lord has given us the spirit of wisdom. And the Lord says, if anyone lacks wisdom, James says, he says, ask of God, for he gives liberally. I like that word qualified liberally. He gives as much as you need and more, but you're not going to get it if you don't ask. Our Wednesday night Bible students understand from uh, James chapter 4 that there was a big problem, amen, amongst the believers of the diaspora. Those believers who had been spread out across the world because of the persecution, that they were living a life that was uh, in opposition to God's call on their lives because they weren't asking. They weren't praying. They weren't calling on Lord to empower them. So they were in their carnal selves doing whatever they needed to try to do to get what they were looking for. They were selfish and covetousness and greedy. Amen. And they weren't talking to God. We talked about in Bible study. I don't see how anybody would be lusting after something and say, Lord, help my lust. No, it's not going to help. Lord, help my greed. Lord, help me to murder my brother. That was what's going on in James chapter 4. So we must realize, amen, this service that we're in, amen, you're not going to be a good witness to nobody when your life does not line up with the word. When it is dibbling and dabbling, one foot over in the world and one with God. But see, sometimes we tricked into believing that we can live this duplicity of life. But see, God makes it clear. Jesus Christ said when he was to the, talking to the church at Laodicea, he said, you're neither hot nor cold. He said, because you are not, he says, I spew you out of my mouth. The Lord was saying, you're neither on my side fully, nor are you on the world side fully. You got one foot in the world and one foot with me. You got one foot in the world when it's convenient, when, when, when you're out there and you think nobody sees you and you're trying to get ahead and you're trying to get what you desire, you got your foot over there. But then when you get around the church folks and the folks that you think that you can please by having your foot over in God, now is, uh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I, I'm too blessed to be depressed. Amen. Now, God said, I see all of your actions. See, you can't hide from me because I never sleep 
nor do I slumber. And what's done in the dark will be brought unto the light. So he says, that kind of living ain't going to work. You've got to be holy. So then the Lord, uh, through the Apostle Paul, tells us how we're going to get this done. He says in verse 2, he says, and do not be conformed to this world. Paul is saying, if you're going to live a sacrificial life, you can't walk according to the dictates of the society that you live in. You can't walk according to the culture and which is being shaped around you. If the culture is being shaped into a trapezoid, you need to be a circle. Amen. You, you don't need to be conformed. The world will have you doing anything and everything and saying everything's all right. Be conformed. See, the world desires to shape you into its mold. You see that conforming is an external action. It's saying, be ye not conformed. By implication, the world conforming you to society, the societal norms of our world today. This world is going down and going down quickly. We got a world full of racism and murder and, and deceit and uh, greed and lying and enviousness. And we got folks who are selfish and will walk over you and backbite and scandalize your name. Amen. And we can't also respond in the same way that they respond. Then we won't be holy. Amen. We cannot be conformed to this. We can't listen to governments and say, well, uh, homosexuality is fine. Well, it may be on their law books, but it's not on the law books of God. See, we're not living according to their law. We're living according to God's law. And it's not us who are saying this. It is the Lord. Amen. And so Peter says at another time, he said, well, you have to make a decision between these two things. Shall we serve men or shall we serve God? It, it is your chance to answer. Uh, Mother Dillwood says on multiple occasions, she talks about the text in the Old Testament that says, he puts before you life and death, a cursing and a blessing. You choose. See, we got the opportunity to choose what law we're going to follow. But we also got to realize that consequences come with both of them. And which set of consequences do you want to have? The consequences that comes from being in the will of God or the consequences from being out? I think Moses was an, a, a great one to, to show us the way because the Bible says that he desired and he chose to suffer with his people who were serving God than to experience and then to live in the lap of luxury and the pleasures of passing sin. Amen. Every day you and I will also have the opportunity to decide whether we want to live holy or we want to live unholy. Whether we want to go with the passing pleasures of sin or do we want to stay with the righteousness of God. It's our decision. Everybody's getting a decision too all across the world. And the thing is, God has been uh, gracious to us in that he's let us know that what is the right way. 
But if you want to go the wrong way, you can because he won't stop you. Amen. But he does warn us that there is consequence. Amen. So in this service, amen, he says, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Did, did, you know, did you know that your mind needs to be renewed? Did, did you know that because you read the Bible and had a few Sunday school lessons when you were a kid, amen, that that's not enough? That which you knew from then has to be renewed because our minds have a tendency to forget. One Bible study here or there is not enough. Amen. We have to be renewed. I don't know about you, but it, as I go along, amen, things that I knew yesterday, amen, I seem to have forgotten and I have to be reminded. I have to be refreshed about the things that God has said. Sometimes you can get to the point to where you forget some things, but as long as you renewed in the word of God by continuing a lifestyle of studying God's word, then you will be transformed. See, what you don't know is that the word is doing more than just entering the eye gate. The word is doing more orally than just entering the ear gate. Amen. It is transforming your spirit. Amen. From, from death to life. Every word of God that comes inside of you is making you grow. Jesus says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. If you're going to grow, you got to grow with the word. Amen. And so the text says if we're not doing that, we're not being transformed. And if we're not being transformed, then most likely we're being conformed to the image of this world. Amen. And that you may uh, prove that which, which that, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, at the end of the day, it ain't what you say, it's what you do. The text says you're living like this because you're acting it out. Amen. Because you need to prove that which is good and acceptable perfect will of God. See, folk need to see God in action in you. Not just what you say, but they need to see what you do. And when you walk the walk, then you prove it through your walk. He says, don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers also. Because if you are a hearer only, you're like a man who stands in the window and looks at himself. And immediately when he walks away, he forgets who he was. He ends up in an identity crisis. So the text says, don't live like that. Now be a doer of God's word. And then you will prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Perfect means complete will of God. Folk need to see what the will of God looks like. And he's looking for us to be those who represent it in the world. Amen. And so today as I close, amen, I want to uh, encourage us, amen, to not forget to live holy. To not forget that the world is constantly trying to conform us to its image. But we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind through the word of God. 
But if you're not studying your word of God, you're not in your word and then living out that word, then the next thing that you're really being done is you're being conformed to the image of this world. It's one way or another. You're not standing still. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we thank you for this word on today. Lord, we thank you for the reminder that we ought to be in service for you, O oh God. And Lord, help us to be those who have an appetite for your word, Master, and are diligent in your service. Because we don't know when you will send somebody by who's been watching us. Amen. And that they have watched our lives. And because we have lived the right life in front of them, that they might come running saying, what must I do to be saved? Because at the end of the day, when we stick our swords in the sand of time to study in the war, no more. Lord, we want to know that we've been pleasing unto thee. And we want to know that we've been like those servants of the talents. That we took our talent and we multiplied it. Maybe we didn't multiply five to five, but we made more than just what we had been given to us. Because we don't want to be wicked servants. We want to be good servants that you are pleased with, O oh God. And Lord, we ask all these things in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. The doors of the church are open. Amen. There's somebody here today who needs to give their life to the master. Amen. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. You can come today. Come to the Lord just as you are. Amen. Come unto Jesus while you have time. Oh, come unto. listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to wisdom from the word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics 
as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings, and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast. And for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.